Listen, if you dare, to the Lovecraft Tapes. Welcome to the Lovecraft Tapes podcast. This is Case 15, The Crosses. I am Jeremy, your keeper of Arcane Lore, and we play Chaosium's Call of Cthulhu, a role-playing game filled with cosmic horror, existential dread, and a grocery store whose shelves have long been empty, but somehow you managed to find the last box of Junior Mints. Then get behind someone in the express lane who has twice the number of acceptable items and wants to pay by check. Damn it, Herb. Your investigators of the unknown are... Brian. As Ben. I'm hooked on a feeling. Matt. As Kyle. Oh, I'm like hooked on phonics, you know. And Lupine as Rosa. I'm like literally hooked on the the hole in the roof. I mean, we need to fix that hole, you guys. We need a rock that's big enough. You found that rock pump yet, Ben? I'll invent it. He's hooked on a rock pump. Hooked on a rock pump. Well, welcome, players. How is everybody doing since last time? Much better than last time. Was that a Jones soda you were drinking there? Yeah. Uh, it's their root beer. Just straight up root beer. All the cool flavors Jones Soda has, you're like, I'll have root beer. Hey, I like root beer. I would never buy Jones Soda root beer. Yeah. It's such a standard flavor. Told you he was an alien. While I wait out this interminable Michigan winter, a terrible pet owner who lives nearby has tested my patience with barking dogs. And it got me thinking, what's the worst bad neighbor experience you've had and how did you deal with it? Uh, I don't know if I can answer that question, y'all, in the location that I'm living in, son. I mean, it's not the people across the street with the giant-ass Trump flag? Yeah. I lived in a place, and I had a dog, and she doesn't bark. These girls that live downstairs called the landlord, calls my father. (laughs) Your daughter's dog is barking. It's 10 o'clock on a Saturday night, by the way. So, um, that was probably my worst neighbor. Our previous house was built in a relatively new subdivision and we ended up getting a really a really nice corner lot like right near the entrance so we had that really big curb open front yard we had a dog at the time and so we had invisible fencing put in and we had our dog you know we worked with him we trained him after a while we noticed that you know oh every now and then somebody would stop and like you know say hi to the dog because he's outside and he was trained well enough that he wouldn't leave and then we noticed there were a couple of girls that would stop by like every single day and every single time they would they would stand right outside that fence line and sit there and continuously call the dog to them and try and get him to come to them and try and get him to come over non-stop and they would show up multiple times a day at some point we realized that they weren't just trying to say hello to them we heard from other people around the neighborhood that they were actively saying that oh you know We're going to take this dog and bring him back to our house, literally trying to steal my dog. In order to calm my nerves slightly, I've begun songwriting. How much is that doggy in the backyard? Woof, woof. The one with the incessant bark. Woof, woof. Do you have the number for animal control? Because I'd like to give them a call. What do you think? I'm sorry, mate, but I'm going to tell you, don't quit your day job. All right. Well, listeners, if you would like to drop us a letter from beyond, please send email. Why not? It's the latest craze. All the kids are doing it. Podcasts at lovecrafttapes.com. Anytime. Send me some email. We accept thoughtful criticism. Brian loves thirsty praise. And even 
candid photos of your bare feet for absolutely no reason whatsoever. Remember, don't email after midnight because we don't want to be up too late. This show is brought to you in part by our generous fans and supporters on patreon.com slash tapes. So thank you to all those folks. Before we begin, we need to take a quick commercial break. And now, a word from our sponsor. Do you have a need? A need for speed? Have you been searching all over this great country of ours for a Jefferson airplane? Or maybe you need someone to recommend you to the spirit in the sky. Well, future pilots of tomorrow, we're Vandenberg Air Force Base, and we've got a thing that's called Radar Love. Since 1941, Vandenberg Air Force Base has been protecting the western shores of these United States from foreign aggression, whether it be deep-sea submarine spies or jet fighters painted with hammers and sickles on patrol over our airspace, or even suspicious-looking red weather balloons. We're proud to defend our freedoms, and I'll bet you are too. Why, just last week, we had several reports of UFOs in the skies above California. Now don't be alarmed, UFO stands for Unidentified Flying Object. That doesn't mean they are scaly, one-eyed, pincer-fisted aliens from another planet looking to breed with our human females, oh no siree Bob. A UFO could be as simple as a frozen piece of waste ejected from an airliner plummeting back earthward, safely deposited into the ocean, which will never become polluted because it's so massive. And that's how science works. But we need keen-eyed, eager beavers like you, and you, and yes, even you, to help us identify those unidentifiable objects. You dig? In addition to supersonic aircraft, Vandenberg Air Force Base is also home to our latest project, the Quatermass Telescope, which can lock in and zoom to enemy aircraft, meteorites, and yes, even UFOs. Have I piqued your interest? If so, report immediately to our recruiting center, located in downtown Lompoc, and we'll get you started on the path to astronomical observation. In the meantime, keep watching the skies. And we're back. You know, many folks claim that product under service cured them of all ills, but I'm pretty sure it caused some. What disease did you get from it? Dog throat. I got some cat scratch fever. I don't know what it is, but this old dude with a cane keeps telling me it's not lupus. Well, I'm still itchy from a nasty bout of Freddy got fingeritis. <laughs> oh, my condolences. Now, dear investigators, we play Case 15, Tape 4. Beware a destroying angel. Previously on the Lovecraft Tapes. The first day of summer vacation begins and ends with a bang 
as our investigators experience their first brush with inexplicable phenomena in Las Cruces. Ben is whisked away by his mother, who, upon returning from Lompoc, has stern words for him before driving him straight home. Our remaining duo follow Gertie to her house, where they discover the promised creature is nothing more than a fawn with a birth defect or some withering disease. Rosa returns to the farm to find one of the goats missing, while Kyle's dinner with his aunt and uncle leave him with uneasy feelings. Will our teenagers fare better come Sunday morn? Or do the mysterious nighttime noises foretell of even darker times to come? Ben, the last thing you want to be doing right now on this warm Sunday summer morning is sitting next to your mother in a church pew, surrounded by the other residents of Las Cruces. For one thing, the chapel isn't air-conditioned, and it was already sweltering in here. Row upon row of well-dressed ladies fanned themselves while little kids squirmed on the hard wooden benches and pretended to listen to the sermon. For another thing, you were pretty embarrassed your mom yanked you away from your friends on the first day of vacation. Oh, sure, maybe you'd driven to Lompoc by yourself last weekend while she was shopping in Santa Barbara with a friend, but it was the final appearance of Bill Bixby as the magician doing close-up magic at a local bookstore. Well, despite parking two blocks away, someone must have seen the car and spilled the beans to your mom. Now, you were grounded from using the car at all for a full month. This was shaping up to be the worst summer of your life. Rosa, from the front pew, while Pastor Nancy's head was bent toward the scripture on her podium, you risk a look over your shoulder. Ben was sitting with his mother a few rows back. You could tell from the black look on his face as he stared up at the stained glass window that he was brooding about something. Did it have something to do with that joyride to Lompoc last weekend? Your gut said yes. Hopefully, he wasn't in too much hot water because you were itching to tell him about the fawn and the missing baby goat. Also, had he heard that strange noise in the middle of the night? You crane your neck around trying to see if Kyle were here too, but an elbow in your ribs causes you to slowly turn your attention back up front. You can feel your father's disapproval seething off him as the pastor finishes a Bible verse from memory, her eyes fully upon you now. Kyle, you sit upright in the back row next to Aunt Emily. Your dad always said public appearances are what's truly important if you want to be a leader in the community. Sit up straight, eyes forward, nod and smile. Be pleasant, be firm, be confident, and whatever you do, do not be yourself. Nobody wants to know the real you. They want to interact with the ideal version of you. So, you put up the facade, pretend you're actually listening to Pastor Nancy's recitation. Inside, though, you're thinking about Uncle John. He isn't here, of course. Hadn't, in fact, attended church for over two years now. 
he often joked that he'd lost the Holy Ghost back in Nam, and maybe one day it would crawl back through the muck and mire, come home to roost. Only, the joke was never delivered with any hint of mirth or laughter. If you had your way, you wouldn't attend church either. But it was nice to spend time with Aunt Emily. You got the feeling she needed you right now, more than ever. Lord and Begora, Pastor Nancy intoned upon the pulpit, closing the weathered tome before her. Two sides of the same coin. Means the same thing, really. My grand loved that phrase. Used to say it all the time. I think it was her way of accepting the eternal truth of our existence here on God's green earth. That we have it within us at all times to be the dark and the light. She believed not in good or evil per se, only a singular divinity split in twain, Lord and Bagora. For the Almighty can be cruel when he rains down wrath from the heavens, and he can be forgiving of our sins, gentle with his embrace, lifting us upon high, calling our virtue from within and transforming our bodies and souls with his holy presence. Lord and Begora. Amen. Amen. And then the sermon is over. People begin to rise in their pews, and soon people begin to file out of the church. The pastor is standing on the top of the stairs, saying hello or goodbye to people as they leave. Uh, Your parents and Aunt Emily all stop and talk with Pastor Nancy as the three of you assemble at the bottom of the steps. Hey, guys. How you guys, how you guys doing? I really don't know why they keep dragging me to this place. Yeah, I don't know either why they keep dragging you to this place. Listen, Ben, we found some stuff and we have to tell you about it, but we'll tell you about it back at the clubhouse when you were not around all these grown-ups. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. What happened? I'll tell you when we get to the clubhouse, okay? Let's go. I have to ask. Give me a minute. Okay. And uh, why don't each of you give me a listen roll, please? I needed a 50. I rolled a 9. That's an extreme listening success. I rolled a 75 over 25, so that is a failure. I needed a 25, and I rolled the best number on the planet, 69. Ben starts walking back up the steps timidly, trying not to disrupt the conversation of the adults. Kyle, however, is focused on the pastor, who is speaking directly to Aunt Emily. So you're very interested in what she is communicating, because you're a little nervous about any word of Uncle John getting around town. Meanwhile, uh, Ben is consumed because he's trying to catch his mom's eye, and his mom keeps looking over and holding up a finger like, just a minute. And so Ben is sort of frozen on that middle step. Ben, you feel like you're sort of in limbo. You can't go back to your friends and you can't yet ask for permission. Unfortunately, Rosa notices Gertie with her mom pointing at you and says quite loudly, she stole my creature. I couldn't have stolen what didn't exist. She didn't have a creature. What are you talking about? Gertie doesn't lie. Yeah, that's right. I don't lie. Have you like Listen to her. Her lips are moving. Her mouth is moving. What are you trying to apply, miss? She's lying. Rosa, do I need to have a word with your mother? 
Yes. I'll be around later this afternoon. Please tell your mother I will talk to her then. Okay. Come along, Gertie. Why don't you why don't you bring your creature, Gertie? The nerve of some of these kids. She doesn't have a creature. What's a creature anyway? I do too. What is it? You took it. I don't have anything. It's in your pocket. I know it. I'm gonna turn out my pockets. Mom, she ate it. I swear to God, I she ate it. Ate it? Do you believe this? She's evil. She, she she's always picking on me. Mrs. Cooney, how can you believe this? All I know is my daughter does not lie, and I will speak with your mother. Good day. And she drags Gertie away. Meanwhile, Kyle is overhearing the pastor say to your Aunt Emily, Sheriff Nesta Roberts was here yesterday and asked us to keep an eye out for a group of uh, environmental activists, is what she said, from Berkeley. They went missing a few days ago. She just wondered if they had shown their face in town. And I said I hadn't seen them. But, you know, we've got some photos posted. If you see anybody, uh, please uh, notify the sheriff. I'm sure she'd appreciate it. Birkenstocks everywhere. They disperse and uh, Stacy, Ben's mom, comes down the steps. Yes, Ben? If it's okay with you, can I go to the clubhouse today? That's perfectly fine. I don't mind that. I've got some work to do. So if you wouldn't mind, be home for dinner. But I need some quiet time, okay? Of course. Thank you. All right, Benjamin. And she rubs you the top of your head. Just be safe, okay? And uh, she leans over and uh, gives you a kiss on the top of your head and then uh, heads off to her car. A- Emily comes down and says, uh, oh, Kyle, you weren't eavesdropping, were you? No, I... I don't care if you were. <laughs> okay, in that case, I might have been a little bit eavesdropping. Oh, yeah, so weird, right? I mean, some environmental activists. Have you seen anybody around? No, I'm I'm just wondering why someone would come all the way from Berkeley out here. I mean, like, what the heck is out here, you know? There's nothing. The sheriff in Lompoc, I don't think she knows what she's doing, to be honest. I I got my doubts about her, you know? She's I think she's on the take. I watch cop shows on TV. I think she's on the take. Here in Las Cruces, we have a rampant gang problem. And then Aunt Emily takes off her sunglasses and screams. <laughs> You're welcome to come by uh, for dinner tonight if you want. I'm pretty sure John's going to be in a better mood. He's he's going to go for one of his hikes, and that usually wears him out a little bit. So, Oh, yeah, of course. You know I can't say no to a, a home-cooked meal by you. Great. Glad to hear it. Uh, yeah, round six again. Come on by. I'll make some uh, avocado mousse. How'd you, you know that's one of my favorites. I know, I know. I don't know how you make the avocado so light and fluffy. It's a family secret. I've just never been good at fluffing avocados, you know. All right, Kyle, we'll be we'll be good. Go go play with your friends. I'll, I'll see you tonight. All right? I'm just waiting for you to show up and Emily's made a moose out of avocados. So the three of you are uh, free to do what you want. Let's go to the cup house, guys. All right, guys, Um, I can go. So you guys want to go now or do you, you have to do stuff first? Tell you what, I'm going to meet you guys there. I need to go back home and change out of these stuffy Sunday clothes. If I get these dirty or more dirty than they already are, my dad will kill me. I have to go change out of my stuff, too. That's cool. You guys want to meet over there like in an hour? Or... That sounds good. Yeah, works for me. Okay, I'll, I'll see you guys there then. I'm going to turn and walk away sulking. I hop on my bike and start riding back to home. So uh, Rosa heads back with her folks to get dressed, and then we'll meet up in about an hour. And Kyle does the same, heads back to his lonely house, changes in some rough housing clothes. I'm going to follow that stream and just start meandering over towards the clubhouse because I don't really want to go home right now. Mom's there and she needs quiet time and I just need to clear my head. You start walking along the stream. You don't get very far. You get like maybe 20, 30 yards and you hear a familiar voice. Hey, Brian. And you turn around and you see Herb from Herb's store. What happened to you yesterday? 
sorry, sir. My mom needed help, so I had to go with her. Yeah, well, I, I guess your uh, friend, uh, what's his name, uh, Kyle, I guess he delivered the package okay. But, uh, you know, I was kind of hoping you'd take care of it. Yeah, I'm, I'm really sorry. If you have anything at all today, I can help with anything. You won't even have to pay me. Uh, I might have another one. Uh, I want you to swing on by last afternoon, all right? Okay, thank you. Again, I'm really sorry about yesterday. Well, I'll give you another shot, okay? Okay, thank you. Be good. Yes, sir. Johnny, be good. Uh, okay. Oh, you're just not ready for that. Your kids are going to love it, though. And he wanders back towards the store. He takes the clothes sign, flips it to open, and goes inside. You're kind of walking in the same direction as a lot of the churchgoers who got out. Mm-hmm. Up ahead, coming in the opposite direction walking, is a familiar figure. It's Ranger Chris Rickenbacker, who is usually up at the ranger station to the northeast. He's a nice guy that, as far as you know, you haven't had many run-ins with him or anything. Once every couple months, he'll see him downtown. And he is walking along, stopping other churchgoers and showing them what looks to be like a photo or some sort. They're kind of shrugging him off or shaking their head. Put my head down and as I'm walking, like peer up to see if he's still walking towards me or if he's just walking past me. Uh, it looks like he might be getting ready to walk past you. Do the head nod towards him and, hi, how are you today? Hi, uh, w- w- I'm sorry, what's your name? Uh, ben. Ben, Ben, uh, Ben Knight, right? Ben Knightley? Yeah, yes, yes. Ben Knightley. Hey, how's it going, kid? How you Good, how are you? Is everything okay? Uh, yeah. Why do you ask? You're showing pictures of of something to people, so... Uh, yeah. So, no, look, I'm just, uh, take a peek at these, okay? He shows you a photo of these strange-looking toadstools, kind of spindly with bright red caps and sickly yellow spots that almost look like sores seeping pus. Oh. Uh, Ben, have you seen these anywhere around? These mushrooms? Just the pictures at the doctor's office. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, that's a good one. I haven't heard that one today yet. No, sir, I haven't. Why? Is there something wrong with the mushrooms? I don't know for sure. We're still pending some lab results. I'm going around making sure that no one has seen these yet. I did happen to find some out towards the hot springs, and I just want to make sure that you know no one's going around like trying to get high on mushrooms. You know how you kids are these days. Oh no, sir, we we don't do anything like that at all. Good boy. Well, if you do see some, just steer clear. Okay, that's all I wanted to let people know. And, okay, thank you. Um, and just be very careful. Yeah. Do you have an extra picture that I could keep to show my friends so they don't mess with anything either? I wish I did. I totally forgot that. You know, somebody else asked me that too. Just uh, you know, take a good look. Take your time. He holds it up. All right, that that should do it. Now, uh, just beware if you see these mushrooms anywhere nearby. Uh, they, they could be poisonous, and I'll be back in a couple days to let everybody know. You going to try one? Oh, no, I... So I thought you meant you would go try one and then let us know in a couple days if it's poisonous? No, no, that's... Yeah, I... You know, maybe in my younger days, but no. <laughs> I have to wait for the lab results at this point. I, I would hate to find some dead bodies out in the woods because, oh, God, that would creep me out. Me too. Well, Ben, uh, tell your mother I said hi. What was her name? Uh, uh, Sophia? Sophia? Knightley? Knightley? Tell her I said hi. Okay. Yes, sir. Good luck finding your shrooms. Thank you, Ben. I appreciate that. Toodaloo. And he wanders along and grabs the next batch of folks coming behind you and shows them the uh, photos. And of course, they like try to avoid him. I'm going to pick up the pace a little now that and not walk so close to the stream now that I heard that about mushrooms. (laughs) So you pass the school and you see it's all dark, which is makes you very happy and kind of kind of maudlin too, because this was your last year at this school. Next year you're busing it to Lompoc. Yeah. 
bussin so you pass the front of the school and cut into the clubhouse and you're there for a little while before rosa and uh kyle show up i would like to really examine the hole in the roof and attempt to fix that hole in the roof before they get back give me a spot hidden i needed a 45 i rolled a 14 i'm hard give me a strength and then a dexterity i needed a 50 i rolled a 42 that's a success I needed an 80. I rolled a 31. That's a hard success. Rosa and Kyle approach together, having met along the way, pushing their bikes through the woods. You see Ben clambering all over the roof of the clubhouse, just putting the finishing touches on a patch job, which looks very professional. And it looks like he's taken some pieces of lumber, kind of waterproofed it too. Hey, Ben, I see you found your rock pump. Yeah, it was inside me the whole time. The friends you made along the way? Uh, no, you guys didn't help at all. I was here by myself. <laughs> anyway, guys, I, I got something I have to tell you about. Yeah? What? Why, Ben was busy waiting for Mommy, and uh, why you were busy getting yelled at by Gertie. I was listening to uh, what my Aunt Emily and the pastor were talking about. Apparently, uh, not too long ago, a group of, uh, what they call them, environmental people were down here from Berkeley. Environmentalists? Something like that, I think. Look, they, they came down here and apparently they just disappeared. Like, the sheriff's been looking for them and they haven't shown up anywhere. They're just, like, gone. Where were they at last, do you know? Nah. I wonder if they were looking for the mushrooms. The ranger was in town when I was leaving. Ranger Rick? That giant raccoon? I thought he looked funny, like he was trying to steal stuff with his little mask. He said that there were some poison mushrooms that were grown by the hot springs and he was just letting people know to not touch them or mess with them because they could be seriously poisonous. Weird. So who wants to go to the hot springs? Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. I also have something to tell you guys. My family lost a goat. I went looking for it and it looked like it had been taken. It was those environmentalers from Berkeley. How was it taken? How'd you know it was taken? You know, I could see like the blood trail. Got a phone call from Liam Neeson. <laughs> yeah. And he told me he had has very special set of skills. Who's Liam Neeson? The fence was broken and the baby goat was gone and it was bleeding. And I don't know, it could have wandered off somewhere, but. I think that's a little more important than a mushroom. Do you want us to help you see if we can find your goat? I mean, yeah, we could we could go back and see. Maybe it wandered, it wandered away and is hiding somewhere. And if it got hurt on something, most animals will do that. They'll go and hide until they heal to protect themselves. Let's go see if we can find it. But if we go looking for the poison mushrooms, there's a chance we might die. We can go there after the goat. Let's see if we can track it down. Maybe the goat ate the mushrooms, and that's why it's bleeding. What if the goat is the mushroom? <laughs> it's bleeding from its eyes now because it's some Resident Evil monster. And I don't know what Resident Evil is. Where does... What, what? Yeah, it's evil that lives here. Oh. That sounds like that'd probably make a terrible movie. Yeah, side. it's a really good video game, though. You mean like Pong? Yeah. That's <laughs> a good game. That's trippy. Like, how do they make the dot move across the screen, man? I don't get it. It's so weird. I think they poke it. Gross. Okay, we let's go. Dude, you want to like sit on the front of my bike? Yeah, I'll do that. Thank you. We'll ride over to my farm. Rose on her bike, me and Ben on my bike doing the whole E.T. things, peeking out from under a blanket. You guys, why are you flying? <laughs> Steven Spielberg's over in the woods going, this is gold, starts writing it down. <laughs> So the three of you head out on bicycles, head towards Rose's farm, and uh, your two bikes 
pull up. Ben leaps off the front of the handlebars. The three of you run up to the goat enclosure. You see your dad, and he is fixing the fence. You see four kids standing around Jesse, and your dad slowly stands up from his finishing the fence repair, and he has that bright colored rag that you tied around it, and he ambles slowly up to you. Hello, children. Hello, puppy. Oh, the baby goat came back. I'm so happy. Yes. Here's your rag. Thank you. Thank you, puppy. And I'm going to give him a little kiss on the cheek. Thank you, Rosa. But please, I would appreciate it if you did not keep the enclosure open. That Open? I didn't leave. How else could he have gotten out? The fence was broken. Not when I came out. It was okay. It just needed to be re-notched. It was broken. Did you see the blood? No, I saw no blood. There was a blood trail last night when I came out and looked for him. Come see. Okay. And he lifts you over the uh, gate, walks with you to the piece of fence that was fallen. And you don't see any trace of blood or anything. Oh, I guess maybe I saw something that wasn't there. It was getting dark anyway, I guess. Rosa. Yeah? You weren't making stories, were you? No, Bobby. Was this an excuse why you left the goat out? No, I, I didn't. I didn't leave the gate open. The fence was broken. All I can see is what I see, and there is the goat. Look at the kid. Go ahead and give me a spot hidden. I got a 40 over 25. That is a failure. He looks like to be the exact same goat. He looks almost identical to the other three. And as near as you can tell, he's completely without any kind of mark on him. Uh, you see no evidence of blood or anything like that or or sores or anything i must have seen something it was getting dark i'm sorry it's okay but please just take care of goats and latch it properly okay see and as uh rosa's over there talking to her dad i'm just gonna lean over to ben and go aliens and then slowly lean back and i'm gonna lean towards kyle and go goats i know you didn't grow up on a farm or anything but they're just farm animals. No, but you don't get it. I saw a movie once. I have too. I've seen a movie. No, you don't get it though. In the in the movie, these aliens like they come down from space mm-hmm. and they like swap out real farm animals with fake farm animals, which are actually the aliens in disguise. It's like a plot to take over Earth. Ooh, that sounds cool. I don't know if I could watch it though. I don't like that kind of stuff. Oh, come on, it's not that bad. Well, for you maybe. I mean, okay, at one point, this cow's head, like, pops off and, like, tentacles coming out of it. Okay, I don't need to hear anymore. Uh, Your father lifts you back over the gate, and he leans over and looks at the three of you kindly. So what are you doing here? Shouldn't you be out playing someplace? Yeah, we're going to, we're going to go find some, some fun things to look at in the forest. All right. Well, be careful. Watch out for any, you know, blood trails. <laughs> Wink. Sir, we w- we were actually coming over to help her look for the, the goat that was missing. So she really thinks that something happened, thought that something happened to her goat. You did a very good job because there he is. Thank you. They were going to help me get my goat. It's the greatest of all time. All right. Well, you kids have a good time. I need to get up early in the morning to head to the farmer's market tomorrow. Thank you, sir. All right, Rosa. Be home for dinner, okay? I will. And he turns back around and uh, walks back. Dang. Your dad is, like, serious. Can I, like, push that spot hidden roll? 
Tell me how you're pushing it. Get down on my knees, check for anything that I maybe I didn't see. Like maybe he has a break in the skin on his belly or something. And I would like to help if you're okay with that. I'd like to hold the goat while Rosa is looking so the goat's not squirming around. All right, I'll give you a bonus die on that, Rosa. Roll for goat handling. So you rolled a, a 77. And so you got to roll a D10. And what you want here is a zero, one, or two. Oh, I rolled a 17 under 25. So that is a success, a regular success, but still success. Ben is holding the kid still while you inspect it. And you're running it, your hands around its body. You can't find any sort of mark on it. It is very calm. It's just standing stock still. It doesn't mind that Rose is examining it. They're both there holding that goat. I'm I'm just going to slide my head in between them and go, aliens, and then slowly back out. Rosa, is this goat usually this calm? The other ones are jumping around and playing. It's because it's an alien, man. It's not a real guy. Kyle, come on. As you stand up from your examination and appraise the kid, it looks directly at you, but it's not blinking. It's not acting like a regular goat. It's because it's a goat alien. As you watch, Rosa... A fly lands at the corner of its eye and travels directly over its eyeball. And it doesn't blink. I think I'm going to do a sanity roll from you. Tell you, man, they're goat aliens and they're here to invade Earth. Oh, or maybe they're goat robots that are here to invade the Earth. 13 under 79, extreme success. You see this occur and you're almost sure that it's grinning at you. As it stares directly at you into your eyes. Is it? Step back and pull my hands into my chest. Kyle, something weird is going on. I'm telling you, man. Alien robot goats from outer space. And then the goat starts suddenly and runs back to its brothers and sisters uh, next to and behind Jesse, who is bellowing loudly at this point in a protective manner. And your dad turns around. What are you kids doing with the goats? She just wanted to say goodbye before we left. I just bet Ben that he couldn't grab a goat without losing it. All right. Well, I have work to do. Please. Come on, guys. Let's go. I bet I bet you can't grab that chicken either. I am going to stalk off and gesture to the boys. Come on, guys. Shotgun on the middle of the handlebars in the front. Do you want to sit on my handlebars or do you want to sit on Kyle's handlebars? I mean, I can ride my bike with no handlebars. That would hurt my ass, though. Are we going to the hot springs? Let's do it. Yeah, let's go look for some of those mushrooms. Psyched, man. We might die. We need to talk with your counselor. Uh, My dad won't let me see a counselor. Says it's only for babies. Actually, he uses a different word, but he says I'm not allowed to say that word either. Yeah, don't ever say that word. Guys, let's hurry so we can be back in time for... I gotta be home for dinner, so let's hustle. Do the hustle. Every now and then as we ride, I'm just gonna shake the handlebars real quick. So you're you're hopping back on your bikes, departing Rose's farm. Your best bet is to probably go back out to the crossroad there, back on the Gaviota Park Boundary Road. And as you know, the trailhead is where Gaviota Park Boundary Road is near 101. Those are the trails that lead to the hot spring. So you park your bikes because you can't take them on these trails. These are uh, vastly overgrown trails, just kind of have to walk in single file. This is actually a bit of a mountainous terrain. I will lead since I know the terrain and the rocks and all that stuff. I'll be in the middle. Kyle, you're bringing up the rear. Heck yeah, bro. Coming in the back. 
Hey guys, just watch my footfall so you're stepping in the right spots, okay? Because we don't want to step in the landmines, what? Ben begins to forge ahead along the trail. And of course, it's quite hot now. Uh, you guys are all kind of sweaty, particularly you, Ben, because you're still in your halfway decent church clothes. But you are already sweaty working on the roof back at the clubhouse anyway, so you don't really care at this point. These trails sort of wind in and out. There's lots of crooks and crevices and that the trails have to meander through. Ben, why don't you give me a dexterity roll, please? I needed an 80. I rolled a 52. That's a success. You're kind of like pushing branches back, making sure that nobody gets smacked in the face. And Rosa, how about a dexterity roll for me? Uh, 24 under 50. I got a hard success. And Kyle, lastly. You. I needed a 50. I rolled a 90. That's a failure. I'm just really preoccupied at the back going, you know, guys, I got this really great idea. What if there was a movie? About some rich dude who figured out how to bring dinosaurs back to life, you know? And he put them in some kind of park. Steven Spielberg off in the distance. This is gold. So while Kyle is uh, daydreaming about this uh, prehistoric park, where it is, Rosa, in front of him, ducks under a branch that Ben had kindly pulled up. You try to do the same thing for him, but then you realize, oh gosh, yeah, Kyle's way too tall and he's lagging back. So you kind of let it go, realizing that he's not going to get slapped. But unfortunately, when the branch does swing, you realize too late, Rosa, that the backside of that branch had a big old spider web on it. And Kyle walks face first into this mass of sticky webs. A bit too late, Kyle, you realize there's a lot of spiders in this web. You're too preoccupied with Steven Spielberg. You press up against one particular spider sack nested in the webs, and it spills a mass of swarming little red spiders crawling all over you. Freeze for a second, and then there's an ear-shattering scream. And before you know what's happening... I'm just sprinting full speed straight ahead, trying to rip the webs off my face and brush the spiders away. You see him trailing webs behind him because he's just (laughs) coated in webs. Just the screaming banshee forging ahead past you. You can see these little red baby spiders just falling off the webs and off of him and skittering into the underbrush. They're not bees, right? I think it's just spiders. That high-pitched scream that you didn't know could come from Kyle's throat is cut short up ahead where he has gone out of sight. Rosa, we got to hustle. We got to get up there and help him. I think we should follow it. Somewhere off in the woods, some disco producer. The hustle. This is cold. I will start to jog. Oh, technically not yet. That's 1975. Oh, well, then we'll jog. It's a soft J. Jogging. Rosa pushes past Ben and takes the lead, rounds a corner, pushes away more branches carefully, sees the back of Kyle. He's standing stock still in the middle of the trail. And from in front of him, you hear... Yes, where's all your little friends, huh? And Rosa, your blood runs cold because that's the voice of Randy Harrington, the local bully. Tune in next time as we play another reel of the Lovecraft tapes. Guys, let's get an avocado.
Pocket spider. That's how you get a, a spiders off your face, right? You rub you rub your face like an avocado. How do you think he stays so youthful looking? I just rub spider juice into me. It's a superfood. Spider juice. Spider juice. Gross, you perv. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, now it's time for some hashtag recommendos where we share some of our geeky obsessions. All right. Looks like, uh, Brian, you're going to start us off. I started to watch a new series on HBO Max called The Last of Us. It's based on a video game that nobody's really ever heard of. But the series takes place and basically tells you the whole story from how a post-apocalyptic America happened, starting with... What nobody would ever think, fungus. A fungus gets into your system, and at a certain temperature, this actually happens in nature. It gets into insects in small animals, depending on their body temperature, and it can actually take over their nervous system, and it kind of feeds off of them a little bit and spreads themselves around to, just like everything on the planet, to live. But for some reason, it mutated and got into the human race. Nobody knows what caused it. But everything within one weekend, the entire planet was shut down. And this covers the the TV show. It's only three episodes out, but I'm telling you, this thing is amazing. It just shows you one family and, and what happened to them to get to where they're at now, which is just surviving in basically like a prison town. It's all enclosed. It's run by the elite military. And you're not allowed to leave. You have rations. You have to dispose of bodies. You have a, a drawing every day to what your job will be for that day. And there's smugglers and people who are trying to get out and get a better life and survive outside of that. But to do that, you have the struggles of the outside, which are mushroom people. So there's creatures and everything. And if you haven't played the game or heard of the game, the plot is this guy who's a runner. He brings food and medicine and uh, he's he trades and is really good at fighting and everything like that. He takes on this girl who this little girl who needs to get to a certain location to come up with a cure for the fungus that infects people. She's the only one they've ever known of that is that can't be infected. But what really drew me into this was this last episode. Nick Offerman is in it. And it's probably the most dramatic hour and 20 minutes, hour and 15 minutes. These episodes are long. It was, I think it was his best performance he has ever given in anything I've seen him in. It was phenomenal. I didn't realize, but halfway through, I had tears running down my cheeks. It was such a good performance. Even if you're not a fan of the video game, you're not a fan of post-apocalyptic shows, just watch the episode three. It kind of covers a 25-year span, and it just shows you the life of these two people living in a post-apocalyptic, making the best of it that they can. And it's unbelievably moving and a fantastic performance for both, from both the actors. Take a look at it. It's The Last of Us on HBO Max. I highly recommend it. Cool, cool, cool. Thank you, Bray. And Lupine, you are up next. I have not finished this book yet, but I... I'm really enjoying it, and it's got a horror element, so I thought I'd, I'd tell you all about it. It's called Diving into the Wreck by Christine Catherine Rush. It's like sci-fi horror. They don't really specify what time it is. It could be sometime like way, way in the future, or it could even be a different reality, not ours, different timeline. That's actually not the important part. The important part is that humans are spacefaring. 
Now, the main character, and again, we don't really learn her name. I mean, at some point we might. I so far have not learned her name, not about halfway through. She uh, dives into like derelict spaceships and they call it diving like you would in, in the ocean because it's the same idea. You're going into a very dangerous environment and with hostile pressure and hostile gases and hostile temperatures and twisted metal all around you. So it's a really dangerous undertaking. And so she does this. A lot of people in her world, of course, do it for the money because we're humans after all. She does it for the information that can be gained from these derelict spaceships. So basically the synopsis is that she's, I wouldn't say at the end of her career, but she's like been doing this for a while and she comes upon a spaceship that is different than the others. And it really excites her. I'm trying to do this without giving too much away, but it's different than the others. And it, it really excites her that she might be able to go in and find information about this spaceship. So she uh, goes back to her home, which is on a base somewhere, and assembles team. They dive this spaceship and they find some really interesting things that end up being terrifying. <laughs> The other thing I like about it is, is it ends up being sort of a like a psychological horror because the team is under intense pressure to like succeed and to stay alive. And so the fact that they all have to work with each other and they all have to get along on this tiny little spaceship while they're doing a dive, you know, who's in charge and what's the pecking order and is somebody going to go stir crazy because they can't get out and do stuff planet side or what they would normally do or anything like that. There's the aspect of the mystery of what she found on the spaceship, continuing to try to find out more about it. I'm really enjoying it. It's called Diving into the Wreck. All right. Thank you, Lupine. Check that out. Appreciate that. Uh, I go up next and uh, I'm going to recommend a movie from 1987 called Death Spa. I just saw it on Shudder. And it's one of those movies that has sort of been on my radar for uh, quite some time because it's supposed to be schlocky and, it's, you know, it's late 80s. It's, you know, maybe on the cusp of the 90s. So it's, it's going to be a little bit tired from all those 80s practical effects things. And that's sort of the case. It's it's all over the place. It's one of those um, many ghost in the machine movies where basically either a, a an automated building or a house is possessed by the devil. This one makes absolutely no sense. It is an owner of a high-tech successful health spa whose wife killed herself a year ago is having trouble figuring out why accidents keep occurring in the computer-controlled gym. And by accidents, I mean grisly, grisly deaths. <laughs> like, But they sort of shrug it off as if it were like, oh, shit, what could possibly be going wrong here? As you might expect in a 1987 movie, this is wall-to-wall -wall boobs, blood, and firm young bodies pumping iron and dancing for no good reason. In bright, late 80s, neon-colored leotards. The plot meanders wherever it wants to, with set pieces headed one way, then jump-cutting, or jump-editing, I should say, to something completely ridiculous that makes no damn sense at all. Characters are just dumb fodder for the supernatural killer's wrath. And it's actually pretty surprising that they never got a death spot too, because they leave the door wide open at the end. It's one of those where, you know, the killer just like 
One last gasp. The thing is, this thing is so stupid that it's actually kind of fun. I can't imagine like the production behind this or the people who are like, yeah, this makes no sense. So we're going to hack it up into the, all these weird little set pieces and it's just going to be dumb. And it sort of kind of works. It's dumb. Uh, so Death Spa from 1987. That brings me to Matt. What's your recommendo for tonight? This week, I'm going to recommendo a game called Soulstone Survivors. Uh, it's in the same vein as the game that inspired it, Vampire Survivors. It's you as a single character wandering around a field, gathering weapons that automatically fire as you go, killing very large numbers of enemies, gathering experience and leveling up and increasing your power as you go. Uh, However, if we're comparing the two, Vampire Survivors is more Tour de France. It's a lot neater. It's a lot more organized. Everything has its own kind of place. Soulstone Survivors is Red Bull downhill mountain bike racing. It is just absolutely batshit insane. In Vampire Survivors, each weapon has a set number of upgrades you can get before it caps out and you can't upgrade that anymore. No such limitations in Soulstone Survivors. As you level, you can just continually grab upgrades, making the area of your effect of your attacks bigger. You can make them happen faster. You can make them do more damage. You can make them, you know, higher likely to crit and do massive amounts of critical damage. And the game just starts off a little slow but because there's no cap or limit just exponentially gets more and more and more chaotic until you hit the end of your run where there are explosions going off all the time and things are flying everywhere and you can't really tell what's going on but you think you're doing a really good job because you haven't died yet Uh, and it is just an absolute blast you're dodging and all over the place trying to stay alive and you don't even really know what's going on, but, you know, that's, that's kind of how you like it. On top of the chaos, uh, Soulstone Survivors features more rpg light elements. Uh, you're playing with these one of, at this point, 14 characters, and as you play with them, you're leveling them up, which unlocks the ability to craft specialized weapons for them, which makes them even more deadly, allowing you to survive longer, which allows you to level things up, which allows you to unlock some more stuff. It's a really great loop. It's a really addictive loop, and as much as I love Vampire Survivors for originating the genre, and it is a great game unto itself, I kind of prefer Soulstone Survivors a little more for the the increased game pace and just the absolute sheer nuttiness of it once you get up into the higher levels. Um, So if you're looking for something similar, but you're looking for something that's maybe a little faster paced or something that you can kind of play a little in a more goal-oriented style, Soulstone Survivors is a really great pick. All right, thank you, Matt. Appreciate that. We'll check that out. And that's it for this episode of the Lovecraft Tapes. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe on whatever podcast platform you prefer. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review. Meanwhile, you can find us at lovecrafttapes.com with links to all our hashtag recommendos and social media channels, including Reddit, YouTube, and our Discord server where you can chat with us in real time. You can find me on discord.lovecrafttapes.com. If anybody wants to uh, shoot me a draft script for robot alien goats from outer space uh you can find me on mastodon at the real weird kid if anybody would help me find this spieldedberg guy that would be cool because i don't know what kyle's talking about you can reach out to me on discord i don't have a mastodon or an elephant or anything if you want to just hang out with me and lick mushrooms i'm cool with that you can hit me up at linktree slash loopinvented all one word until next time Roll for Paleozoic Park. Wait, no, that doesn't sound right. The Lovecraft Tapes Podcast is copyright 2023.
For more information and sponsorship opportunities, please send email to podcast at thelovecrafttapes.com. Support the Lovecraft Tapes podcast and get access to exclusive content and rewards at patreon.com slash lovecrafttapes.